What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. All right, well, praise the Lord. Let's open with a prayer. Father, thank you so much for being, as Jason said, super God. Thank you, Lord, for making it all worthwhile when we see Christ. And so, Lord, we pray that tonight you would prepare us so that when we see you, that we'll be able to hear you say, you did a great job in Jesus' name, amen. All right, now, uh, if you got your Bible, hope you do, 2 Kings chapter 7 is a really a remarkable thing, a remarkable passage here. It's um, the history here about lepers and their conversation and what happened. It's so amazing, okay? So the um, Syria has set a siege on Jerusalem. The people inside the city are starving to death and the animals are dying and there's no food. And something amazing happens that they didn't know. In verse six, it says, for the Lord made the host of Syrians to hear a noise of chariots, a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites, kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. So they get this in their mind. We're done for. So they, they flee in verse seven. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents, their horses, their asses, even the camp as it was, they fled for their lives. When these lepers came to the utmost, uttermost part of the camp, because they said before that there were four of them, I'm gonna tell you, they sit there in verse three. They said, why are we sitting here until we die? Let's go out and, and what's the worst that can happen? They could kill us. Maybe they'll, they'll feed us. Anyway, verse eight, when these lepers came out to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent to eat and drink and carried then silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it. And it came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Now, here's the interesting thing. When they talked to each other, then they said one to another, verse nine, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, otherwise known as good news, otherwise known as gospel. And we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. Oh, 
title of the message, we do not well if we do not go and tell, as that's what they were saying. Okay, now, today we're gonna start a new series on the frequently asked questions from the Friendship with God booklet, Friendship with God Bible. If you've got one, it's page 1,853. <laughs> if you feel in need of some extra exercise, you carry that Bible around, and that will be very good for your biceps. Now, you might say, okay, you might say, okay, well, look, I'm not Jewish. I mean, I'm not Jewish, so why should frequently asked questions that Jewish people ask, why should that be of interest to me? Okay, I'm glad you asked that question. All right? and because, there, because a book in the Bible that the Jewish apostle Paul wrote to the Gentiles contains a very important phrase, very significant for all of us. And what's striking about this phrase is that the Apostle Paul, first of all, he writes the majority of the books in the New Testament, over half of the books in the New Testament, written by Paul. And this unique phrase is found in only one of all the books that he wrote. And that book was not uniquely not written to Jewish believers, but to Gentile believers. That's the book of Romans. And the phrase is found in Romans 1.16. It's found in Romans 1.16 where he said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, here's the phrase, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He repeats it, that phrase in Romans 2.10, glory, honor, peace to everyone that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. That's a unique phrase that Paul uses when he writes to the Gentile Roman Christians in the book of Romans, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And by using that unique phrase, Paul is saying that he's teaching truths. He's teaching truths that apply first to the Jew, but also to the Gentile. The truths that Paul is teaching here applies to everyone, first application to the Jew first. And so you say, well, what does that mean? What does that mean to the Jew first and also to the Greek? Okay, you wanna know what it means? It means to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, it means this. Jews are just like everybody else, only more so, all right? <laughs> okay, that's why these frequently asked questions are relevant for everyone. So what this means in practical terms is that when you hear the Bible speak so much about the Jewish people Israel, or when you hear people like me and others speak so much about the Jewish people Israel, that's because what is true and what applies to the Jewish people applies to everyone. Now, so, you know, for the last short period of time, about 46 years of my life, I've been consumed with bringing the gospel to the Jewish people, otherwise known as Jewish evangelism. And this book of Romans, written to the Gentiles, contains three chapters, which are the training manual for Jewish evangelism, and they are Romans 9, 10, and 11. Romans 9, 10, and 11, those are the, is the training manual that I've used for Jewish evangelism for 40, 46 years. And, and because the theme in the book of Romans is to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, that means that Romans 9, 10, and 11 is a, is a training manual for all evangelism, for all people, which is why these chapters on Jewish evangelism contain these great verses that we use for what must any person do to be saved, and that the offer of salvation is open to any person, 
It's in Romans 10, where there's a verse nine that says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth Jesus is Lord, or the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth, whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed. There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord overall is rich unto all. Ooh, what a great phrase, rich unto all. God is rich unto all. For the same Lord is rich overall unto all, unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What does a person have to do to be saved? I mean, that's a question. What does a person have to do to be saved? This verse tells, Romans 10, 9, it says, confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. You know what the most important word in that confession is? It's not Jesus, it's Lord. It's Lord. Because that word, the Lord Jesus, it doesn't mean Lord in the sense of, well, he's you know, my, my personal Lord of my life. It means to confess that he is God, that Jesus is God. Unless a person confesses, I mean unless he says clear, straight up, with no question, Jesus is God, he can't be saved. And that's what Jesus meant. He had a big discussion in John 8. John 8, people ready to kill him. He's speaking with them. And in John 8, 24, he says this amazing statement. He said, I, I said, therefore, you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am, check it, he is in italics, it means it's not, they just added it, but that I am, you shall die in your sins. Now, they wondered, what is he saying here? What's that? Wait, hold it, wait a minute, what do you mean? I am. Is he talking about Moses in the burning bush in Exodus 3.14? where God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. This is Moses' credentials. Moses is gonna go to the Jewish people and say, who sent you? I am sent me. They're wondering, he's saying that? Is he saying what I think he's saying that he's saying? Is he saying that he's God? That he's the creator? That he's the God who brought the 10 plagues talked about those, those 10 plagues on the Egyptians that resulted in the deliverance of Israel out of Egypt. Is he saying that? Is he saying he's God? So they're wondering about that. And then in the same conversation, he used the same statement describing himself as I am. Only this time, it was in a different context. And what he said in this context made them understood exactly. He's saying he's God. And that comes a little bit farther down in John 8, verse 56. In John 8, 56, where he said to them, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. They're wondering, what's he talking about? So then in verse 57, then said the Jews unto him, thou art not yet 50 years old. Hast thou seen Abraham? Probing question. Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Oh, man, man, they understood exactly what he's saying. And so then verse 59, 
gives you the proof that they understood because it says, then they took up stones to cast at him, but he hid himself. Okay. See, the conversation is progressing to his personal knowledge of Abraham. He says, I know, I know Abraham personally. He's a, a good friend of mine. And they asked him, how could you know Abraham? How could you know Abraham? He says, you're not even 50. He says, age before Abraham was, I am. That was a trigger. That was a trigger. That caused them to pull the trigger. And then they said they took up stones to cast at him, which, okay. That's when they understood what he means by I am is that he has no beginning. That's what I am, I am means. I am that I am. Has no beginning. And that was troubling for them because then they understood that he is saying that he's the one that has the title in Daniel 9, Daniel 7, verse 9, Daniel 7, verse 9, where Daniel says, I beheld all the thrones were cast down, and then this phrase, and the ancient of days, the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, his hair's head like pure wool, his throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels, his wheels as burning fire. Ancient of days means has no beginning. That's a title for God. So they understood, that's what he's saying. You know, there was one thing that really troubled, very, very troubling. You remember that when the wise men came from the east and then they asked Herod, and then Herod asked the, asked the Jewish priests and so forth, where is the Messiah going to be born? They knew. They said, well, Bethlehem, Bethlehem Ephrata. How'd they know that? They knew that because of a prophecy in Micah 5.2, very famous to us, Micah 5.2. But it's what that prophecy says that's disturbing to them. Because this is identifying the Messiah's birth, and it says, but thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands in Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth, he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. They're saying he existed from everlasting, and then he just appears on earth at this time. They understood he was claiming to be God. He was claiming to be I am. He's claiming to be the ancient of days. He's saying he's God. No one should, you should, if, if anybody says, well, you know, Jesus never claimed to be God. You say, no, he did. He did. He claimed to be God. If he didn't claim to be God, why were they trying to stone him? <laughs> That's proof that he claimed to be God. To be saved, a person must confess with his mouth, very simply, Jesus is God. This is the point. Jesus is God. That's why it's so central here, Romans 10, 9. This is the point that separates truth from cults, truth from error. I like to do some Somebody some says, oh, you know, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, What's what's the difference, you know? Well, you know, they have some angel Moroni on it. No, no. It's real simple. Truth, man, Jesus. Truth, like that. Jesus is God, man is man. That's truth. Jehovah Witnesses, like that. Jesus is just man. Mormons, like that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's got it. You got it? <laughs> That's right. This is wrong. This is wrong, okay? <laughs> All right. Hey, real simple, real foundational. 
real foundational. No one can be saved unless they just state it clearly. Jesus is God. Now, in these three chapters here in Romans 9, 10, 11 about Jewish evangelism, we have the truth for all evangelism. And this is why we have in Romans 10, 14, it says, how then, and this applies not just Jewish people, all people, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How then shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How then shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? It is, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. That's why with, with, our, with the students who go out in Jewish evangelism, when I get together with them, I say, let me see your feet. <laughs> I say, beautiful feet. You know, beautiful feet. That's what God says. Now, we all have a commission from the Lord. We have a commission from the Lord Jesus Christ. Each one of us have been given a commission to bring the gospel to the lost. We bring the gospel to the lost. Why do we know that? Because of Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus came, spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. John 20, 21, John 20, 21, then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. This means that we have all been sent by the Lord Jesus to bring the gospel to the lost, and we've all been equipped by the Lord Jesus uh, with the provision of the Holy Spirit to bring the gospel to the lost. I just love that, even so send I you. I'll never forget missionary in Japan, and he worked in the city, not too far from where the disastrous uh, nuclear spill happened there in Fukushima, but... But anyway, it, 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 and he worked in the city called Sendai. He said, it's real easy to remember. The Lord said, so Sendai you. <laughs> now, so we need to be trained to bring the gospel to the lost. And there's no better training in bringing the gospel to the lost than the training that comes from bringing the gospel to the Jewish people. Would you like a boot camp in evangelism? We have one for you. <laughs> there's no greater training for bringing the gospel to the lost than bringing the gospel to lost Jewish people. You know, you may not be called, as I have, to a life of bringing the gospel to lost Jewish people, but you are called to bring the gospel to some lost people. And there's no greater training for bringing the gospel to any lost person than the training that comes from bringing the gospel to the Jewish people. You want to receive the best training for evangelism? Sign up as a volunteer with Israel Restoration Ministries. West Coast Baptist Church, the West Coast Baptist College, is a school of about a 1,000 students, more or less, located in the beautiful resort city of Lancaster, California. <laughs> okay, that's where they play, sorry. And that college has always had a strong evangelism program. Every year, their students evangelize by knocking on about a half a million doors within the Antelope Valley, which is where Lancaster is. 
But that college didn't have a particular focus on Jewish evangelism. But about seven years ago, I went to go visit the college, and that's when Israel Restoration Ministries began its partnership with West Coast Baptist College on training and sending their students out into Jewish evangelism. And through those efforts, through the efforts of those students, they've gone to about five million Jewish homes. That's a big number. Five million Jewish homes all over the US, Toronto, Montreal, Buenos Aires, praise to God. Now, as those students have graduated, you know, really, they, none of them have gone into Jewish evangelism. I wonder why. No. Uh, <laughs> but from the hundreds, literally hundreds, of, of, of comments that I've received from the students, letters from the students, and, and, and meetings of the students, I can tell you that the, that the Jewish evangelism training that they have received in going out with Israel Restoration Ministries, it's changed our lives. And it's given them the ultimate training in evangelism. If you can bring the gospel to the Jewish people, you can bring the gospel to any people. Now, no group is harder to bring the gospel to than the Jewish people. Uh, I, 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 I sort of know that from a little experience. And, um, and you know, as, you, as you know, we have a mission in Ethiopia among the Muslim people, and uh, Muslims are much easier, but okay, never mind. No evangelism training is better than Jewish evangelism. Really, I gotta be honest with you, I told you we we're gonna we're studying frequently asked questions of Jewish, you know, I titled that, I entitled that, I, I confess, I gave that title. Frequently asked questions, that's really more of a hope, okay, than a reality. I mean, I hope that Jewish people would frequently ask these questions, <laughs> when in reality, really, I know what it should be called. It shouldn't be called FAQ. It should be called FPP, FPO, FPO, frequently posed objections, <laughs> okay? But I didn't want, want to call it that, so I called FAQ, okay, instead of FPO. All right, so the title of frequently asked questions is really a hope. It's a hope. It's a hope, it's a projected hope that I have. I hope the Jewish people will ask these questions. I hope the Jewish people will frequently ask these questions. Now, as you know, 1 Corinthians 13 is the chapter in the New Testament on love. It describes love, all the different aspects of love. And there's one very interesting verse that has the principles for evangelism in it. And it's the seventh verse, seventh verse, where it says, charity, it says, love beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Now, as I said, for the last 46 years of my life, I've been consumed with bringing the gospel to Jewish people, Jewish evangelism. If you were to ask me, as many people do, what does it take for a person to be an effective witness to the Jewish people? I get that question, what's the secret? I tell people, I don't know, when you, when you find it, tell me. No, <laughs> because there are so many people who, who bring the gospel to the Jewish people and then they just give up. People often ask me, what's the secret in Jewish evangelism? What they really mean is, how do I get a Jewish person to believe? Well, the secret for evangelism, whether or not they believe that is their business. That is their decision. And in a sense, it's almost like it's a hope and a desire we have, but it's almost like none of our business. 
But what our business is, is to bring the gospel. God said that we are to be his witnesses, not his converters. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.